0: This is a Be Groovy or Leave production. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music. Now on with your show. Welcome to Life on Music. I'm your host, Jesse Knapper. If you're new to the podcast, this is the show where I chat with a different musician each week all about music. And this week, I'm chatting with Cody from Down For Tomorrow, who are an indie punk band from Sydney, who recently put out an album called Whatever Happens, which has songs such as this one called Survive. There's
1: no guarantees, can't fulfill my needs, but at least I'm still alive. On my hands and knees, can you help me please? I just want to survive. I just want to survive.
0: There's also a bunch of other songs on that EP, of course, which I think you should go check out after this episode's finished, or maybe if you want to check it out before you continue the episode, do that as well, whatever Whatever floats your boat, but let's jump into the chat with Cody. So we have Cody from Down for Tomorrow. How are we doing today, Cody? Pretty good, man. Pretty good good stuff thanks so much for for doing the the podcast and thanks for having me it's good to have you i've been listening to the been listening to the new ep a fair bit leading up to it and been enjoying it so much the opening track survive is a standout for me thank you and emily as well if i had to if i had to pick one but that's two so if i had to pick two those are my favorites emily's still
1: picking up steam like that to me
0: seemed like that that's like the dark horse on the whole EP.
1: And I'm glad that people are still frothing that song despite like, well, obviously we put it out at the start of the year. And yeah, even though we're putting out heavyweight songs like Trouble Prone and Survive, it's cool that people still go back and like the older stuff too.
0: Is that surprising to you?
1: I thought a song like Emily was going to have a quick burst and then be a song that doesn't age very well. But I think people right. have found quite a bit of resonance in it because I guess everyone has met people that have toyed with their emotions and have screwed them over to a sense where it just it boils you up on the inside. And that's what Emily's about. And so I think people can find some form of resonance in that song and they can sing it to themselves without someone that's done the same thing to them.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. No, no. Definitely makes sense. So with the EP, it's called I don't remember if I said this, it's called Whatever Happens. Was there a theme you were trying to go with for that EP?
1: Well, the title Whatever
0: Happens honestly came to me when I was on
1: a bus home from I think it was a night out where I was just coming from, I think I was coming from the city and the name Whatever Happens and the artwork all just came to me in this blitz and I sent the idea to the band and I think it was very much at a time where nothing was tied down. Like, you know, no one could have a stable career, no one was having stable income and our entire music longevity was just up in the air. And so I think the whole whatever happens, stigma or attitude, it was pretty much the normal thing to do around May or June. And most of the songs, well, I think mainly Survive follows that theme of, okay, well, I might as well just try to stay alive. I don't know what's happening around me, but as long as I'm still living, that's what matters. The themes of the songs range from, you know, classic heartbreak and, being used and manipulated to wanting to reach out to people but not knowing how to and also vice versa yeah so it kind of focuses on mental health un- uh, you know people being unstable and not knowing what on earth you'll be doing
0: next week let alone next year definitely listening to it like, like you said it's a lot about uncertainty or whatever so it's, it's certainly not like a happy happy album but there's also a certain kind of, I don't know, it feels kind of comfortable because it's all relatable.
1: I think that's the most important
0: thing for art is it has
1: to be relatable. Like the audience or listeners need to find a piece of themselves within it for it to get a message across. And so like happiness is sometimes more often than not, it's a rarity now. So I Mm -hmm. feel, especially when people start having the crises of, you know, not knowing who they, are, who they are or what they're meant to be doing. So I think the unhappy things are the ones that speak the loudest. But in that, we accept that, you know, okay, we're a bit messed up and there's room to work on that. And so the music kind of acts as a message and a savior for that because it's okay to realize that you're not doing your best and to find the things that will help you get better.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we talked a couple of times about the track survive. This is something I don't usually talk about, but I really I really dug the the music video for that one. <laughs> that was a lot of fun to make. I know you're all dressed as the the Scooby Gang. The no, what do they called? The Mystery Gang. Whatever they're called. From Scooby mystery Doo. Gang. Yeah, from Scooby Doo. Mystery Incorporated, isn't it? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, how did the idea for that come about? I think Robbie,
1: our film director, just propped the idea up I think it was almost a joke that's at the start, thinking like, we should parody this. And then we thought, all right, well, let's go ahead with the idea. And we started working on a storyboard and, you know, organizing costumes and Robbie got a tone reel together. It was around that same time where the create one of the creators of Scooby-Doo passed away and we thought, well, now we have to go ahead with it. We should do it mm-hmm. kind of out of respect or as a tribute. But in reality, it was just a massive coincidence that when we started making it, the um, creator passed away, but we yeah. kind of wanted to still go ahead with it regardless. And so, yeah, we all dressed up as the Scooby Gang. We got Brad from Yours Truly to play as right. Scooby Doo. Well, a bit of a He's a cross between Scooby Doo and Wilfred, and it was fun <laughs> to get him on board. And he added a lot of character to it as well. Was it easy to decide who got to play which member of the gang? I. It was pretty. Um, I think it was pretty easy to sort that out once Tom stuck his hand up for Daphne then the rest of the characters were very easy to assign. Then it was just a matter of getting someone to play Scooby, which we went through a few yeah, people. Nice. but Brad was luckily enough right person at the right time to say, I'll do it on like two days' notice.
0: Yeah, cool. So back to, the, back to the EP, Whatever Happens, you released another EP last year and then in 2017 as well. But is there anything, I don't know, kind of different you did this time around, especially with kind of COVID happening and all that?
1: I think our approach to songwriting has definitely shaped and changed over the years. Thanks to you it was very much a non-collaborative process, whereas whatever happens was more everyone was putting their ideas on the table and we were taking different approaches to like just producing in general. Like we'd come in and we like, let's just do something that we would never really even think of doing before. Like let's put a piano here, let's put a twelve string guitar here, and let's just mess around with instruments that we would never Dare to put in our previous stuff. But now we're kind of realizing that there are no rules in music making. You're allowed to do anything you want, you're allowed to make whatever you want. And so I think we're starting to go a little bit out of our depth in terms of what we speak about in the songs and also what we put in it. Because creativity is a constant. And I think we just try to stay away from doing the same thing over and over again. Although it may sound like it, but I think we're pushing ourselves into a different direction. Which is exciting and dangerous at the same time.
0: I definitely think that the um, the the latest EP, although the last one was good, I think it's a, a step up from what you've done before. Thank you. And I guess I guess that's that's what you want to do. You don't want to be worse than the last thing.
1: No, you always want your new album to be better than the last. That's that's progression. But of course, yes. you'll find people who disagree. You'll see people who say that no person is ever as good as their first album or their first book and Mm. some people never really live past that because they have that whole stigma around that you know the the um what is it i'm not first album syndrome or first album wonder where it's like your debut is your best work and that's that which is terrifying sometimes but true artists always you know develop and progress over their career and their fans grow and change with them because you really support the artist you'll support the changes that they make and understand their new direction as well
0: yeah i guess it's not always things aren't always necessarily better but they can be different that they're not i don't know you know not even comparable yeah of course yeah so i did see recently you've done you've done at least one show recently i don't know if you've done more than that but um
1: we did um we did three shows in november uh, we, we supported Stan Atlantic at Crowbar. We played a headliner at Big Music upstairs. And we also went to Wollongong to play with our friends Red Hook and all shows sold out, which was very, very nice.
0: Yeah, right on. How long before that was your your previous show? Uh, it was in February, at the end of February. We played in Melbourne
1: with The Dead Love. Right. But not many bands get to say that they toured the East Coast this year. So I'm very glad that we got that in yeah. before shit hit the fan. Very, very lucky to say that we played in Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne this year.
0: Yeah, nailing it. Yeah, but how was it? Kind of getting back, back up onto the stage. Was it? Did it feel natural to the band?
1: I think at first we were all very nervous, thinking if this is like a rarity for us now. But it all, it all kicked in once we started playing the first song. We, we kind of remembered how to do it, kind of like riding a bike. The only thing is, obviously, with everyone seated. It's more of a cinematic experience now rather than, you know, a sweaty mosh experience where people are genuinely there to relax and watch some entertainment rather than, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting sweaty in a mosh pit and, you know, shouting at the top of your lungs, which obviously people still do shout at the top of their lungs. But I feel like there's different levels of intimacy between, you know, packed in, sold out 500 cap crowd into a 70 cap seated crowd. There's still intimacy there, but obviously just a different level of it.
0: Yeah, and is there any differences in your approach to your performance when everyone's sitting and it's smaller crowds?
1: I think we were very much more focused on how we were playing and you know our dynamics and our, our musicianship on stage because obviously the energy levels are lower when everyone's seated. But then you take you take a step back on the presence like the energy energetic presence and you focus more on converting that energy into giving them an experience so like genuinely playing a proper good show which i think it was different it was different for us because sometimes we're very used to hiding behind a wall of sound and just moving around stage constantly but it was also nice to take a take a foot off that pedal and focus more on okay how can i focus on playing my instrument correctly and you know making sure that it sounds great and feels good for the people listening
0: hope you're enjoying the chat so far just breaking it up as always to let you know if you wanted to check out down for tomorrow's music you can head to spotify apple music wherever you buy or stream music you'll find it there including their latest ep called whatever happens and you should go check out their socials as well to keep up to date with everything they're doing and while you're there you might as well check out the socials for life on music as well i'll leave all the social links in the description of the episode and if you are enjoying the podcast you can subscribe or follow right now if you want to hear the episodes when they're first released but let's jump back into the chat with cody Mistaken. I think this year or maybe last year it was, there was a bit of a lineup change in the band.
1: That was this year, yes. Um our our bassist Sam left the band in June. Um we were very lucky. We um we knew Sarah from the scene. We've seen her, we'd seen her at shows, we'd heard about her band, and we asked her to come along for a jam session one day. She learned a few songs, and it was like a couple of weeks later we were filming the music for Trouble Prone, and so we just kind of briefed to her, we said by the way, we're doing a music video in two weeks' time. There's no pressure if you want to be in it or if you even want to be a part of this band yet, but the option's there on the table if you want to come and be in it. And she said that she wanted to, which was great. Obviously, she took a few days to get back to us on it, but then she said, yeah, I'll come and be a part of it. And I think our manager was a bit skeptical at first because she um, is not entirely English-speaking, so like, English is her second language. She's French. Uh-huh. She's only lived here for three years. But... um our manager never doubted that once again. Um, when she absolutely turned up for the music video, she put on a performance and she was very much there and we are all just like, okay, we've very much found
0: a very, very good bassist right now. Yeah, right on. Did she play on any of the EP?
1: Yeah, she tracked Survive with us, which um, uh-huh. so um obviously most of our songs were done before Sam left the band. But Sarah tracked Survive and she's also tracking all the new music with us, which is fantastic.
0: With, with her performance, is there any difference from, from what Sam would play? I think she's a lot more stoic
1: on stage, a bit more chilled out. Like Sam's on stage right. energy was off the charts and he would do bass spins and he would like just be on one side of the stage for one second, he'd be in the crowd the next. He, he had a lot of movement in his live show. Sarah very much has movement too, but it's more of a she's calm and she's like very much got her own presence which is also very very admirable
0: I don't know if you're working on new songs at the moment but does she bring a kind of different sound or is it pretty similar yeah
1: Sarah's very different um her approach to writing bass lines uh much more different to what we had before obviously Sam's a very I think progressive is the right word. Like, you know, he can never stay on the root note. Whereas Sarah knows right. what to play, when to play it. Not saying that Sam didn't, obviously. Both of them are very, very different bassists. But Sarah definitely brings her own level of expertise in songwriting when we go in the studio and we track songs.
0: Yeah, right, right on. And kind of on the topic, what what have you been working on recently? Is there any any news we can hear? For future releases, uh, it's
1: very early days to say what comes next. But we just worked on another single, and we're starting. We're going into the process of writing a debut album. Nice. There seems to be a bit of demand for more music, which is always great. Yep. Now it's just a matter of how much we want
0: to give out. Do you feel the pressure of that? Of trying to, I don't know, trying to top what you did before and keep the keep the fans happy. I think well,
1: we're always trying to better the stuff that we've done before. I think it's just, I kind of want to make a completely different approach from last time. Like all the themes I'd write about before, I kind of want to just throw in the bin and Mm -hmm. write out of body experiences, like write about things that don't happen to me, but happen to other people. And hopefully I can do it justice. And sometimes the things that do happen to me, I don't want it to be the same stuff that I keep writing about. I'd love to be able to convey stories through songs and, yeah, yeah, like, you know, stories that are mine and stories that aren't mine put it into music form for
0: people. Can't wait to hear what it, whatever it is you come out with. I'm sure it'll be sure to be tip top. That's something I've never said before, but <laughs> it's a new one for the for the for the lexicon. I guess I wanna learn a bit about the origins of the band. I think what I read you guys started in you came together around twenty sixteen, is that right? That's when Down for Tomorrow came around, yeah. Early twenty sixteen.
1: But Henry and I have been playing music together for like at least eight years, we've been jamming together. Wow. Him on drums, me on guitar. We've gone through so many different bands and lineup changes. But Down for Tomorrow was set in stone in 2016, which is which we've also gone through quite a few lineup changes now. Tom joined us about midway through that year, and we became a four piece. And we went through mm-hmm. we've gone through three bassists in the last four years, but one of them, Sam, has stuck around. For like Sam has been the longest serving basis, but now we've got Sarah, and I'm excited to see how we fare with an album with her and how, you know, what energy she brings on tour, which would be lovely to give her like a proper tour experience.
0: And so you said that you've been been in different bands together for like eight years. What was it about Down for Tomorrow that kind of stuck for you? I think that's when we decided that we were going to start taking it more seriously.
1: Like if we weren't just high school mates getting together at youth centers, playing to our high school mates and, writing you know teen angsty songs so when we started realizing that we genuinely could have a chance to turn this into something bigger than we thought it would be and we had some very very great mentors like we had kane mcshesney who played drums in forever ends here who came to one of our youth center shows pulled us aside and started saying i want to be able to help you guys out and push you in the right direction he pushed us towards stevie knight who has been our producer for a while now and we've wrote and record most of our songs with him. And then he's put us in the hands of many other people that he's worked with too who have helped give us shows and taken us out on the road and, you know, shared our music around with the right people and has helped our fan base grow and, you know, build up some name value. So it's all been a very long building process. But, yeah, we we stuck with Down for Tomorrow once we realised that this was going to be the thing that took us to the next level.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, it's been good chatting today. Um, thanks for the chat. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening and thank you to Cody for chatting with me this week. Don't forget to check out Down for Tomorrow's Music wherever you buy or stream music and go check out their socials and check out the socials for life on music or the links will be in the description of the episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast, you can subscribe or follow wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they're first released. But that's all for this week until next week. Goodbye. Life on Music was brought to you by B Groovy or Leave. Head to bgroovyorleave.com to discover the best in new music.